Hello, and welcome to Business Talk, brought to you by Business West and sponsored by People's Bank. Hi, I'm Chris Kellogg from the Kellogg Crew Morning Show on 94.7 WMAS. And I'd like to introduce the host of this week's episode. He's the editor of Business West. Here's Joe Bednar. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Business Talk. We have a great show for you today. But first, we have this important message from our sponsor, People's Bank. Thank you for listening to the Business Talk podcast, sponsored by People's Bank, bringing you the best in business experts, entrepreneurs, and evangelists. Make Business Talk your innovation break for ideas and inspiration. People's Bank, where commercial banking can fuel your growth and make work life easier. Member FDIC, DIF Equal Housing Lender. Bank at peoples.com slash business. Okay, we're back. And as promised, we have a great show for you today. Our guests are Vitek Kruda and Lori Devine-Hudson, owners of Gateway City Arts in Holyoke. Happy to have you both here on Business Talk. Thank you for having us. So um, so the story right now is that you'll be selling the Gateway City Arts property on Race Street in Holyoke. Um, and I do want to talk about your transition plans and your vision for what it might be in the future. But first, I'd love to talk about your history there over the past decade plus, because I think that's worth celebrating. Um, how did the two of you come to be involved in this venture and what was the vision early on? Well, um, it started with uh, me looking for a studio. Um, I am professional art restorer and uh, artist and uh, I worked out of my house and then it, the house became too small, even though it was a mansion. And uh, eventually uh, we started to look for a studio and a friend of ours stopped, uh, told us one day that there's a building on Ray Street that we might want to look at. So we, so we did, and um, we fell in love with the building immediately, and we started to consider to, to purchase the building, even though we walked away three times hmm. uh, after the various um, due diligence and research. Uh, but to make the long story short, we ended up buying the building in 2012 in May and uh, the first idea was to establish my studio so I could do my restoration work and my artwork and then uh, um, uh, Lori uh, was involved in arts uh, in general in the in in the valley and so we were thinking about starting art classes and and that was our first first incentive to utilize this building I'll let Lori to continue. Well, it was for art and community events. Um, Vitek, you know, needed this bigger studio. We never dreamt that we would end up with 32,000 square feet, but it allowed us to do what we've been both interested in, which is learning and teaching and bringing people together. So over the years, it's just evolved into... Not so much what we originally thought of, but um, more uh, once we got a liquor license, then we realized that we really needed to have food because there aren't that many places in downtown Holyoke for food. And we didn't want people coming here and drinking and driving home. (laughs) So we evolved into more of answering what the community was asking for. Um, and that's how things just emerged. So the, the facility had two buildings. One is a large warehouse that is about 6,000 square feet. And um, that lends itself to create a performance space with a larger stage. And it's a 500 people capacity space that we develop uh, 
once we start to book some music, it was just kind of natural, natural process to pick it, pick that space and and add the big bar and build bathrooms, and uh, then we we had to connect that space with the larger building, and so we built the connector, which became the a commercial kitchen that's behind the walls there, and then a bistro, uh, which became like a centralized way of selling uh, uh, or offering food to all sides, to, to the theater, to the beer garden, to the to the concert hall. I've been impressed over the years at the at the caliber of, of music acts you've gotten on a really regular basis. I remember um, um, as we we're coming out of the pandemic, I, I saw Julian Baker of Boy Genius there, and, and that was amazing. And I, and just I, when I look at the concert roster, it just seems that um, you're drawing you've been drawing national acts, which is that, that's I just think that's. Um, Something that maybe a lot of people wouldn't expect for um, for a venue like that, and in a place like Holyoke, how did you manage to do that all, um, throughout the years? So, since we are talking history, uh, we, the the band that is going to play at our celebration party was the first band, uh, Johnny and the Fleshbags, who agreed to play here for us uh, twelve years ago, mm. um, and it sounded great. It was wonderful, and then we started to work with uh, with local uh, promoters. And uh, it they they know each other and they started to kind of flock around the space because they were interested in bringing music. So so not only we worked with uh, uh, Peter Hamlin who was um, from the parlor room, but then he brought in John Sanders, John Sanders from DSP, and uh, little by little we started to book music from. Uh, through several different promoters, and uh, it became it became a, a f- so big that we also had these um, uh, festivals on 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 the street in the mm, summer. Right. Yep. That was the the Rubble Bucket Festival, the Dream Picnic, and uh, after like seven years of doing it, the place really built its reputation as a as a music venue and. Uh, with that, we we had to really just develop more of the uh, food, which means it resulted in us building the Judd restaurant also so we could offer uh, the audience more food. The audience that traveled from as far as, as New York, Boston, Maine, uh, Vermont, um, Albany, you know, we have been attracting people from uh, hundreds of miles away for certain concerts. I think it also uh, was an effect of uh, the Iron Horse and the Calvin not being open. Mm. This was a stop between New York and Boston or Ithaca and New York or Boston. You know, it just, we had a, we have a terrific facility that both the audience and artists love. That's a good point about about the about the stop. That was a role that the Iron Horse and Calvin always filled, and and it seemed like a lot of the smaller venues in the region were picking some of that up for the last few yeah, years. So. Exactly. Well, with that also, we committed to actually a high end technology uh, that is required to actually uh, present uh, touring bands from from all over the place, and <laughs> so we committed to that and invested in in a state of the art equipment that makes the place sound really good and and professional. Now the the pandemic really challenged you, uh, and I know you were close to shutting down completely at one point. Um, tell me about those days and how you were able to keep things going. They were awful. 
the <laughs> night before we closed, we had 700 people we had in the building between the two theaters and the restaurant. We were packed. And the next day we shut down for, uh, I think it was almost 16 months. Yep. We were able to keep going because we cut way back. Um, basically, VTech spent that time in the building painting and restoring things here and we got two um ppp loans grants and a restaurant grant so we did get some outside money to help payroll we didn't want to lay people off um we weren't sure we would reopen and we decided that we would give it one more try um once people started to come out but it has been a real struggle both to get people to work and to attend. And, you know, when you have a business that's completely based on the public being together and there's a pandemic, it's <laughs> it's challenging to say the least. That was, it, was, it was rough on, on businesses like yours and other sectors as well, definitely. Yeah. Well, also, uh, as far as business, uh, we had 44 people on our payroll. 44 people made this happen and and work every single part of it. And suddenly it was just me here for 14 months mm. alone. So, you know, I still had to maintain the building. We still had to heat it. We still have to fix things. And we still have to maintain uh, all the licenses and permits and all these other insurance, things. Insurance, taxes. You know, so that kind of depleted uh, all our resources at that time. We also did a GoFundMe campaign that was terrific. I remember that, yeah. It was really uh, inspiring to us, the reaction of the, of the community, because clearly we made an impact and clearly people did not want us to close. So that was part of our deciding to try it again for, until the end of the year and just see if we could make it work. And then in that moment, uh, John Sanders came. Um, we had a discussion, and we were trying to see if if it if was if it was possible to reopen something. And uh, we agreed for one year lease that John would lease the space. The DSP they created um, sort of offshoot of their organization called Ray Street Life. Yep, and. Ray Street Live took on that uh, concert hall and basically ran their shows for the year. But it was still not enough to get them going. So a year later, they, they unfortunately said they can't do it anymore. You're listening to Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West and sponsored by People's Bank. We're talking today with Vitek Kruta and Lori Devine-Hudson, owners of Gateway City Arts. Um so now um, the recent announcement that you're going to be selling the property. Tell me a little bit about that and what led to that decision. Uh, well, I think we got worn out um, after 12 years. It just feels uh, difficult to go on. We, we, we're, we have a minimal staff now. We're down to, I don't know, a, a few people to help to do everything. And uh, people, you know, COVID is still with us. And some of the concerts are coming back, but it depends on the community. It depends on the age of the, the concert goers. It's, it's not that we're out of the woods yet for this. 
and I think um, we we tried to get some support from the city, and that didn't work from ARPA funds. And we we, uh, we just made the decision that we would like somebody else to come in. Ideally, our hope is somebody's going to show up who loves what we do and loves the vision and wants to c- continue to create a place for Holyokers and the Valley for art and community and theater. And, you know, we do all sorts of things here, you know, from drag bingo to poetry festivals <laughs> to to live theater and music memorial services weddings yes. you name it we have we have basically banquet hall and we have a commercial kitchen and we offer our own catering so so everything you you are basically talking five businesses under one roof mm. that are run by Lori and I and with minimal staff right now and um anybody who is energetic um, i mean if we were 10 years if it was 10 years <laughs> if we were 10 years younger we would probably still push forward you know but it, it got to the point where we just can't do it and um we don't see enough support uh to keep doing it um and and that's it, that is this um is it kind of an emotional decision a tough decision and would that be sort of um um, eased a little bit if somebody did come in with a similar vision? It's definitely heartbreaking. Um, it would be much easier. It would have a healing effect on our broken hearts if this can continue as as what we envisioned that. I also believe that Holyoke needs that kind of facility that has this uh, this potential for the community to come and do presentations and meet and and fundraisers and all that for that reason it it worked great you Mm. know and um i don't know what else is there if we if we don't have this uh for for the city i'm sure the city will figure out and i'm sure that if if no one is going to continue this uh things are going to go on no matter what but um you know, this is this is a big thing we built for twelve years. Uh, you mentioned the uh, that you saw the the outreach when we said for the first time that we would close, and we had mm-hmm. then the fundraiser. We had sixty thousand people responding within next three days after we announced that. Wow. sixty thousand people. So this is you know this is not just uh, this is already now part of the DNA of, of the city of Holyoke. And that's going to go away most likely. So it, it just, it would seem to me and a lot of other folks that it's important for a, a city of the size of Holyoke with the vibrancy of Holyoke to have, you know, a place like this, that generates art and music and promotes community. So, um, yeah, I, I totally see where you're coming from there. Yeah. We're hopeful. And yes, it's, it's heartbreaking. You know, every time I come in here and look around, we, we didn't have the money to hire people to do work for us. We literally built this ourselves with our staff. And, you know, I, not that I go into the bathroom, but I tiled the wall myself behind the men's urinals. And, <laughs> you know, it's, it's everywhere we look are our fingerprints. And it's been tw- a labor of love. And very challenging. I, I fully believe 
that if COVID hadn't happened, we would not be in this position. Mm. We would be, <clears throat> we would be um, dancing with with full rooms and art studios and the wood shop in the basement and the ceramic studio. It would be buzzing here, and that's. I- I, yeah, I'd forgotten to, men- to mention that before that you did have a lot of other artists in there um, over the years, right? Yes. Yes. So supported them too. What, so we had a co-work space on the second floor, and we had a cubicle-style studios that they were full with people who were uh, puppeteers and photographers and graphic mm. designers. You name it. Wig uh, maker. Wig maker. <laughs> so that was one part. Um, the other part was that we had a, a, a in the basement a woodworking studio where people were also on memberships of building beehives and bass guitars and little furniture and we had a wood carving classes and we had a classes for women to learn how to use power tools you know it was just buzzing buzzing place and I wanted to say one more thing that uh, when we finished. After 10 years, the uh, restaurant, the, the Judd restaurant, it was for the first time that we basically finished the, the entire vision. Mm-hmm. So for 10 building. for building it. So for 10 years, we have been uh, juggling between construction and, and dust everywhere and running a concerts and, and uh, you know, feeding people. And... That was the time where we said, oh, now we are finished. No more dust. <laughs> Two months later, we had to close the rest of everything for the for the uh, pandemic. That was rough. Yeah. So tell me about the um, what you have planned for the rest of the month. I know you have a final concert coming up. We have a, a celebration on the, oops, that's not going to work. We <laughs> start it over or cut it out. We had a celebration, a wonderful celebration to celebrate 12 years of Gateway City Arts on uh, this past Friday night. And we have um, Drag Bingo on the 21st. We have... Which is also going to be a toy drive and fundraiser. Yes. Um, And then then we have have, uh, uh, in several concerts until the end of the year with, with also offering uh, a dinner, uh, which is going to be a nice and fancy dinner for anybody who wants to have a good time around New Year's Eve and, and the day before. And uh, it's Into the Haggis. It's a, it's, it's a big band. It's the Irish rock. <laughs> and then... Uh, on the, the 30th and the, the 31st. On the 30th, this, this will be the full band in the big hall. And then... On the 31st, it will be the same band, but it, it, a little bit more intimate, uh, more acoustic version in the Divine Theater. And that's going to be very exciting as well. Can people then, get tickets to those things on, online? Yes. Yeah. Everything is on our website and, and tickets. Uh, you can also reserve seats and uh, for the dinners. It's a it's a prefix dinner. And the menu is online. The menu is online and tickets are online. Everything is on the website, gatewaycityoffice.com. And then after that, what I wanted to what I want to make clear, because there has been confusion, is that after December 31st, we are only going to be booking private events. We're hoping to do parties, dinners, corporate events, anything that um 
where we, it, that's more predictable. Instead of having the restaurant open to the public, we are just going to be booking private events. We're trying to keep our staff employed. Um, we're going to do that until the building sells. At least that's the plan right now. Uh, so we'll book in three or four month increments so that we know we can guarantee that that we will still be here. But we, you know, we're asking for the support of the community again to keep us going until it does sell. With the hope that it's going to go end up in the hands of someone who can continue the vision or or some version of it. Just to wrap up, how how um kind of on a positive note, how gratifying has the past decade been? Um, kind of providing this really unique um space and experience for uh, Greater Holyoke. It has been absolutely amazing experience. Uh, it has been also incredible learning experience and meeting a lot of incredible and interesting people. And uh, we are very happy and proud that we we were able to have this experience and be part of this kind of project. It's it's huge. It's it's also twelve uh, years of our lives every day. Mm-hmm. So uh, the same for me. I this has been incredibly gratifying. Um, I I am a physical therapist by profession, but hadn't practiced in a long time, and and I've just learned a whole new world between well everything dealing with people, politics, uh, business, building, art, food, everything. It's been incredible for me. And I am looking forward to hanging out with my grandkids now and having a, a, a more of a life. Um, but I would not have traded this for anything. This is, it's been a real joy and um, just incredible. And I have to say, we are absolutely grateful to everybody who contributed to this project. Uh, there are a lot of, lot of people that they came, they helped, they st- they they stuck with us uh, for whatever reason, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, um, and understood the vision and the importance of what we are creating. And we we will be extremely grateful for yeah. that. We couldn't have done it otherwise. Yeah, like I said, there were forty four people on our payroll before uh, pandemic, and and that's just people who worked here and. This numerous, numerous contractors, they were here. I mean, these are dozens and dozens of people. They were part of this project. And that was the incredible part as well. And that's all the time we have today. Thank you, Laurie and Vitek, for spending a few minutes with me today. And thank you for bringing us Gateway City Arts over the last decade. Um, I and a lot of other folks around here really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you for having us. And thanks to all of you for tuning into Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West and sponsored by People's Bank. I'm Joe Bednar, the editor of Business West, and we'll see you next time.